Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Lights has already begun. And uh, I'm still personally trying to figure out how it is possible that half of a strand can be not working while the other half is completely intact. And so there's just this dilemma, you know, I've been in the last couple of days. Now, do I, do I sort through all 200 lights to find that one bulb like an idiot, right? Or do I just go out and buy a new strand? So, you know, good news today is God is good, right? Good news today is God is good. So, I do want to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving today. Um, it's an exciting season. I, I do love this season of Advent. Some of you know that word. Some of you maybe aren't familiar that, you know, just in the historic church calendar, there's this season that we call Advent, which is the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And it's a time where uh, the, the word Advent actually means arrival. And so we celebrate that, that God, that Jesus showed up on the scene, that he arrived. He arrived the first time and... Um, and we celebrate and we're here with expectancy because we're, we're just announcing that he's going to arrive again. Yeah, maybe? Kind of? Okay. It actually says in, in the scripture in Revelation that there's going to be a time where he's going to show up on this white horse in the clouds with, with fire in his eyes and a sword in his mouth and like a robe drenched in blood. I know that sounds crazy and weird. But it's going to happen, all right? And so he arrived once, he's arriving again, and he's going to arrive to take his rightful place as king of king and lord of lords on this place. Yeah, there we go. I like that. So thank you, God, for arriving a first time, and, and that's what, um, what fills our hearts today and in this season. And that's what we get invited into, is this clarity, this focus of, of, of God, we're about to give gifts to each other. Um, we're about to do that thing. But God, we want to celebrate that we have been given the greatest gift that has ever been given, which is you, yourself. Jesus Christ has been given to us, and in him we lack nothing today. Yeah? And so I want to talk a little bit today about Thanksgiving. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to um, Ephesians chapter 5. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to get started here in verse 1. And we'll have the scripture on the screens behind us. It says this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be, what's the word? What's the word? Come on, say it out. All right, Eugene Peterson says it like this. I love this. In um, same same passage, verse 3 and 4. He says, he says it like this in the message, paraphrase. Don't allow love to turn into lust, setting off a downhill, downhill slide into sexual promiscuity, filthy practices, or bullying greed. Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, those who follow Jesus have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. And... Uh, 
I'm, I'm just guessing, probably over the last few days, you've had some family in from out of town, maybe family in from around the country. Anybody? Is that you? Anybody? Okay. Maybe you went to some family. So I don't know. Maybe there's probably people that are still traveling. Um, uh, one thing I love about this last weekend here at the Resound Conference is all our friends that showed up from around the country. And it's always funny when uh, you, know, you spend just a couple minutes from people kind of driving in from different parts of the states because there's always different little cultural you know, quirks and just, you're just trying to figure each other out. It takes about, you know, a couple minutes, like, okay, you're from, you know, whatever. So, you know, last week we had, you know, the Helsers in here, beautiful friends of ours, uh, and they're from North Carolina, and so they have that, you know, beautiful southern charm in their voice, yeah? Yeah, one clap over here, that was awesome, wasn't it? And, uh, and, and then we had some friends in from the West Coast, and you know those guys, uh, because of the overuse of the word bro, Right? And I tend to do that myself, all right? So I can't be too hard on them. But they showed up on the scene, you know, just a little laid back, you know. And, you know, okay, you're, you're clearly from California, all right? I know what to do with you. You're from that part. I just, need, I just needed like one minute with you, and I know exactly where you're from. And then uh, we had some friends in from Costa Rica, beautiful people. And uh, they just brought this really cool Latin, you know, flavor to our weekend. One of our friends in particular, Michelle, she, uh, you know, she's from Costa Rica, but she, I think, spent some time in Minnesota. So it's funny because she's talking, and she's got this, like, really Latin rhythm, this really cool thing, and then every now and then she tosses in an, a boot, right? Just right in there, just beautiful Minnesota. I'm like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that, but awesome. Let's, let's go for that. Let's take that. And then uh, our Texan friends, right? They're just loud, right? They're just loud and obnoxious. No, I'm just joking. Um... You know, Louisiana is an interesting one, right? The deep, deep south. Have you ever seen swamp people, anybody? Isn't that unreal? That's still the United States. You're watching these people, they're like, I don't even know if it's English anymore. I don't even know if you're human anymore. It's like you're watching, like, how is that even possible? And so it is funny, though, how you get just like a little time with somebody and we just recognize these dialects, these cultural um, the scriptures, and, and I, it's, I, I love the way Eugene Peterson puts this when he's talking about language. He's talking about, hey, hey, be careful how you talk. Be careful what your speech is like. Because if you're in Christ, you know, he says, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. And, and he says, don't, don't let any foolishness come out of your mouth. Don't let any crude, coarse, these silly, foolish uh, Crude things come out of your mouth. You have better use for your language, right? And in an, in an economy of words, we only have a certain amount of words a day. He said, don't waste your words on, on those things. He said, instead, th- let, let your dialect be one of thanksgiving. In Christ, your dialect is one of thanksgiving. And I love that because it's, this is a reminder for us today. Randy opened up the service this morning. He's talking about this. You know, in Christ, every day is Thanksgiving day, Right? We are called to live in a place of thanksgiving and to let that be the shaping force, the shaping value that, that marks each day that we live, yeah? And so Eugene Peterson's saying, let it be your dialect in the way that every conversation, every bit of dialogue, every interaction, there's this, this seasoning, there's this undertone, there's this foundation of, of gratitude that just leaks out and spills out into everything you say. And, and some of you know what that's like, you know, I mean, you, you know people like that in your life, that things could just be not going, I mean, it looks like things are just not going well for them, right? But they're still talking and there's still this sense of, it's just spilling out of them, this overwhelmed the place. And I, I love that. And it's as if 
what Paul is encouraging us to do is to let that be said about us, that when we show up on the scene in our workplaces, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, when people start talking to us, there's this sense of, from them of, hey, I, I, I recognize that. Wait a second, wh- where are you from again? I'm trying to place that. Yeah, there's this, there's something, wait a second, are you a Christian? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I've heard that before from other Christians because these Christians, from my experience of the Christians, they seem to be just flipped, flipped upside down at this idea of grace and mercy in their lives, right? And so he's saying, let that be your, your dialect, this, this thing of thanksgiving, let that be your guiding force, this principle that seasons everything you do, Yeah? And, and so that's his encouragement to us, and that's our challenge. And, and we have to remember that when it comes to worship, when it comes to weapons of warfare, when it comes to what is happening right now in the spiritual realm, thank, thanks, thanksgiving is one of the most powerful things that we do as a people because we're in a place of thanksgiving. We're reminding ourselves of everything that we have and are receiving through Christ rather than just being aware of everything that we lack in this life. A place of thanksgiving is a recognition constantly of who he is and what he's done and what he continues to do, rather than being sucked into this thing of this is what's falling apart and this is what is still lacking in this life. And we're called to this. But, you know, I think one of the, our greatest enemies in this is a mentality um, that there is a shortage when it comes to things that we need or the, the things that bring livelihood to us, that there is a shortage, a cosmic shortage of all of those things in our life. And despite the fact that we live in the most prosperous country in the world, in the most prosperous era of human history, I mean, all of us, right? I mean, we, you know, we complain about the economy, but come on, we live in the most prosperous country in the most prosperous time in human history, and we still are able to, to hear this voice that there is a shortage of the very things that you need, and so you need to spend your time reaching and aiming for those things as if you could satisfy that itch, right? And so some of you, you know this about your life. We see this in very simple ways. A lot of us, we wake up in the morning, and the first thought is what? I didn't get enough sleep, right? First thought. We end our night with what thought? I did not get enough done today, yeah? And then everything in between that is thoughts like that. If I just made this much more, I'm telling, I mean, you had this conversation this week, you know, you're thinking about Christmas, you're thinking about all the things you need to buy. If I just made X amount more, then blank, right? Then I would be able to blank, you know, fill in, fill in the blank. Vacation, the gifts that you want, the thing. I'd be able to give like I wanted to do. And so we have all these if-then statements, regardless of the fact that a couple years ago, you know, before the last 10% increase that you had, you were thinking the same thing. And though, even though you got that 10%, you're still in the same position. Why? Because that carrot moves, yeah? And there's something about this shortage mentality that leaves us in a place of, of wanting and longing. Some of us it's, uh, you know, you're thinking, I just don't have enough work, or I don't have enough business. And some of you have the business, and you're thinking, I don't have enough help. I don't have enough employees. I don't have enough volunteers. Some of, you, some of us think, I just, 
I'm just not encouraged enough. I don't have enough encouragement. And it's, it's interesting because we see this in very practical ways. Uh, even, this has even shaped email communication and how we do email. Uh, I, I read this thing that it says that when you communicate over email, and some of you, this has been your experience, communicate over email. If you're trying to be positive in your tone, if you're trying to be like, you know, encouraging and positive and bless the person and, and loving, they actually read it as neutral. Okay? Now, if you send an email that's neutral in tone, they'll actually read it as negative, like you're coming down on them or something, or like you're discouraged with them. And why is that? Because for some reason, we have this, we have this default in our culture to always n- just not feel appreciated enough or encouraged enough at what we do. And so it's funny, because in emails, we see us compensating for this in, in pretty ridiculous ways. There's been this exponential rise in exclamation points over email. You guys notice this? Sending email, and you just have to overdo it with exclamation points to just show that you're just in a good mood, right? And just, you know, just, hey, man, exclamation points. I hope you're doing well today, exclamation. You know, we just line out our emails, like capital letters, and then, you know, we throw in the smiley faces, like, you just, I mean, ridiculous. smiley faces, winky faces, tongues, you know, you know, and just, we're just, we're making up new emotions in email now, because we, you know, we just don't want it to come across, because we know that the other person could read it, in another light, because there's some, for some reason, there's a reason we default to not having enough of what we're looking for there. And so it's never just quite enough. It's never at that level. And so I think in a lot of ways, our challenge in living a lifestyle of thanksgiving is realizing that in the kingdom of God, there is not a shortage. In the kingdom of God, God has everything we need, and in Christ we lack nothing. Amen? And he constantly reminds us of this. Because the enemy wants nothing more than for you to feel like there's more to receive. Because if, if, we're not, if we live in a mentality of shortage, then it basically eliminates the possibility of us living in a mentality of thanksgiving. Because in a mentality of shortage... Every day is marked with trying to, uh, every day is marked with an awareness of everything I don't have, everything that's broken, everything that still needs fixed. And an attitude of thanksgiving, again, is an attitude of everything that has been given through Christ, everything that is available to me, and everything that is coming my way in Christ. An attitude of thanksgiving is an attitude overflowing from what we've seen and recognize the gift of who he is to us. And so he, uh, the Lord, has to come, come in and show us these things. And all throughout Scripture, he has to remind us of these things. Because we've essentially listened to some of these voices. I mean, is, this is the same voice. This is why grown men were punching grandmas at Walmart a couple days ago, right? For like Halo 4, right? And they're just, you watch these videos on YouTube, it's astonishing. It's embarrassing, really, because the rest of the world is watching in, and these Americans, you know, just fighting their way through. I just got to get, because there's not enough to go around. And I, there's a shortage here, so I have to get my hands on this at the expense of all morality and all human dignity. I've got to get on this, right? And so the, over and over, the Lord has to come in and show us that he's more than enough. And so he... he in Scripture, very quickly in Genesis, he reveals himself to us with this name El Shaddai. Anybody here to El Shaddai? Anybody here? Now, a lot of times you translate it as God Almighty. Um, you know, mighty is our God. Uh, the word, you know, El obviously means God, and Shaddai 
is often translated as field. So, you know, he's the God of the field. In other words, he's the God of provision. Now, he's, we first hear this word talking to Abram when, when God says, you're going to bear a son, and he's like 90, you know, however old he was, and he's like, this is not going to happen. God says, I am El Shaddai. I am the God of more than enough. I'm a God who provides. I'm a God who will sustain you. And said, so one way of translating it is God of the field. The other way is, is uh, El Shaddai means many-breasted one. I kid you not, Okay. That's one of the lesser-known, obscure names of God, right? Many-breasted one. You don't hear that in the songs we're singing these days too much, do you? In fact, I challenge you to work that into your lunchtime prayer today as you're praying to God. God, we thank you. Never mind, I'm not going to do it. All the teenagers are like, Whoa! Many-breasted, we worship the many-breasted one. That's a name, that's a legitimate name of God. And, and that's not just a joke, that's not just to be taken lightly. It's, it's, it's this metaphor for in God, our nourishment never runs out. When we come to God for a drink, he never runs out. His well never runs dry. Our God is, is all-sufficient, and he is more than an enough to supply all our needs. He himself is more than enough for you this morning. And it's one of those things that, man, ah, why is it that we forget this so easily? No, 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 There's a sh- you need to be working for this. This is still c- coming apart. No, my God is more than enough for me right now. In fact, you can take it all away. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Seriously, strip it all away. Take everything I have and, and throw it in the trash. And at the end of the day, guess what? I still win because I get him. You can take my life, but you can't take him. And if I'm with him, then I'm winning. And there's something that has to turn in our hearts. If we're going to be that people, this becomes part of our dialect. If our speech is going to be so seasoned and saturated with gratitude and thanksgiving, that we're just talking about random things and there's just this tone, this joy, this humility, this, ah, this undeserved grace. If that's going to be true of us, we have to change the way we think. See, some of us have rehearsed these negative thoughts like they've been recordings in our mind and we've just been told and we've been playing back these recordings in our mind. The Holy Spirit's coming in and saying, hey, listen, those are not my thoughts. Change your mind. Change the way you think. Take that, take that recording out of your mind and be filled with the mind of Christ today and in this life. And so I want to speak some truth out today. And I would encourage you to respond if you so wish to. That, is not, that would not be an inappropriate way to respond as I talk about some of the promises of God. You may be so moved to say, thank you, God, or yes, God, or woohoo, all right? So I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not going to tell you what to say. I'm not going to tell you to do anything, but just do something, okay? Here's God's response to us today. We say, I'm too tired. And God says, I will give you rest. You say, this is impossible. God says, all things are possible. We say, nobody really loves me. God says, I love you. 
You say, I can't go on. God says, my grace is sufficient. You say, I can't figure things out. And God says, I will direct your steps. You say, I don't have what it takes. God says, you can do all things. <laughs> you say, I am not able. God says, I'm able. You say, it's not worth it. God says, it will be worth it. We say, I can't forgive myself. God says, I forgive you. You say, I'm afraid. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Yeah. You say, I'm always worried and frustrated. God says, cast all your cares on me. You say, I'm not smart enough. God says, I give you wisdom. You say, I feel alone. And God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Thank you, Jesus, for your promises to us today. And, and we have to live in this place. And it's a present reality that in Christ we lack nothing. Everything that we need for right now, we have been given through him. And some of us, maybe you're still in a place of waiting. Maybe there are things that you're still asking God for. You know, there's sickness, there's disease, there's, there is financial provision. There's, there's just things that happen. There's relational reconciliation. There's things that we're kind of up against that we need the favor of God for. And so the question is, well, what do we do with those things? Well, in Philippians, Paul says something very similar. Here's what he says in Philippians. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with, what's the word? Thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And so there's this really funny thing that in Christ, as we make requests to him, we're actually making requests from a place of thanksgiving still. And that's something you have to understand has been given to you, that we actually get to thank God in the waiting. We get to thank him for what he's doing. We get to thank him for who he is. We get to thank him for how he's going to provide and how he's going to do things. So even in those places where there's this yearning, this longing, this, this sense of, man, it's not, it's not yet there. Paul says, listen, present those requests to God, but let thanksgiving continue to well up in your heart. Do not let thanksgiving be robbed from you in any circumstance. And then the fun part is in Christ. We not only get to give thanks for what is present, but we get to give thanks for what is to come. And just the more I've been thinking about this this morning, I'm not sure anybody else is thinking about that. Nobody, I don't think, outside of Christ is sitting at their dinner table. Um, you know, they're, they're going around the table talking about what they're thankful for and all these things, you know. There's, there's not too many people that, that can guarantee that their future looks bright, and so in Christ, we actually have this unbelievable supernatural ability to thank God for who he's going to be for us in years to come. Does that make sense? That is a gift given to Christ. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I'm just thinking, man, there's so many people that they're, they're thinking for what's now, but there's this sense of this, this worry for when it comes to tomorrow. In Christ, again, you can take it all away. In Christ, we win. Our future is bright with him. We win in Christ. Our future looks good. Just letting you know. And that's one of the most powerful weapons we've been given, is to thank God ahead of schedule. To pre-thank him. We got to get good at that. 
I know those people are sometimes kind of annoying, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, sometimes you can get overly optimistic, but come on, we got to get good at pre-thanking God for the work he is doing that we don't see and the work he's going to do and complete. One of my favorite stories of that is when I, I talked about last week at Resound in, in Chronicles, there's this fabulous story of Jehoshaphat and that these armies are rising up to go attack the, the people of Judah and uh, Jehoshaphat's the king, and, he, and he, it's too late at this point in time. He can't rally enough people, and so he gets on his face before God. He starts seeking God, prayer and fasting, gathers all the people together, and he says, God, my eyes are on you. And so God looks back, and he sends a prophet back to Jehoshaphat, and he says, listen, I like you, and because I like you, you're going to win this battle, okay? This battle is not yours. This battle is mine, all right? So just remember that, and... Do whatever you need to do, right? And so God says, this battle is not yours, this battle is mine. And so Jehoshaphat, he just, something flips inside of him. He gets just super stoked. He just takes it to crazy. And so he, instead of sending out the best fighters in front of the army, what does he do? He sends out these singers. And here's what they sing. This is ridiculous. Here's what they sing. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and to praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And I don't know if you ever thought about this, but it is a pretty absurd idea to, to, to start thanking God before the battle is even won. You realize that? Did you catch that? He sends him out with this song and before anything is even fought, they just know this is going to happen, and they know it's his. So you know what? We're just going to give God a little, a little pre-thanks, a little, you know, we're just going to jump the gun a little here. And God, we're just going to start thanking you for everything that you are for us and everything that you will be for us. God, we thank you that this battle is not ours, but it's yours. And so God, we thank you that this is in your hands, and it's your love and your mercy that endures forever. That must have sounded ridiculous to the armies as they were coming in. They're hearing this song. Like, what? Why are they, they're already celebrating? We haven't even started this thing. But then we read what happens, right? In the power of thanksgiving. What does it do? It confounds the schemes of the enemy. And in this passage, it says the enemy gets confused. They turn against, you know, these armies are turning against each other. They end up destroying each other. Why? Because there's a sound of thanksgiving that's ahead of time, that's essentially prophetically declaring who God will be in, in days moving forward. You know, and I know a lot of, pre, you know, some of this stuff has kind of a bad rap with, um, you know, there's some preachers who've just, taken some of this stuff about El Shaddai and the God who is more than enough and, and use that with liberty and license to essentially communicate that. Take whatever you want, right? Like, you know, claim the Corvette and all these things, you know, and they just kind of, they've used that. And, and so some people are a little leery when it comes to a message about, about just, just claiming things and thanking God. But I'm just telling you, we, we've, we've, in some ways, the pendulum is swung so far to the other side that sometimes we've, we've just been stripped of any confidence. And it says very clearly that God hasn't given us a spirit of timidity and fear, but sometimes we feel like we have to approach God with fear and a maybe that you want this. And God is saying, listen, I am a good father. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom today. And so as a son and as a daughter, you have the ability to approach him with your prayers, with your supplications and requests and to thank him. And to trust that he is going to do and fulfill every promise on your life that he's declared over you through his word. You believe that there? 
All right. Worship team is going to come up because we need to sing again. <laughs> um, a couple things. I, I think this is important as we move to Advent. That's why I, I, I kind of like this whole thing. I never thought about it before. Thanksgiving Day, it's not necessarily, it's like more of a cultural holiday. But it comes before Christmas. I like that. It just seems like it would come after Christmas, you know? Like, you know, you receive all these gifts and then, you know, and then, you know, Thanksgiving Day would come. I like that it's before, because we get to thank God for the gift of who he is that's been given to us and who he continues to give, how he continues to give himself to us. And I just want to emphasize here, as we move into the next four weeks, our job and your goal, the invitation is to wake up and go to bed every day, every night, with this focus on God, I am so overwhelmed by what you've given to me, to your son, Jesus. And if I receive nothing else today, God, that is enough because you are that good. And so that's kind of the first thing. Let your heart be moved. Awaken your heart to be in a place of wonder this next several weeks. Second thing is this. Some of you, it would be a good exercise to do a negativity fast. And just, just pay attention to how you're talking. What is your dialect? Seriously. You are so aware of what is falling apart in your life. And that has stripped you of any power in the kingdom. And God's saying, come on. I, I want to let you in and show you what I'm doing here. And here, it changes in a few different ways. So maybe you didn't get sleep that night, right? Um, uh, you Maybe, you know, you kid that was up all night crying or whatever. Funny thing is, I just read yesterday, this has nothing to do with anything. The word diaper spelled backwards is repaid. Did you guys know that? <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> what am I talking about? Okay, so say you didn't get sleep that night. You have a couple options. God, I thank you that you have strength for me that is awaiting for me today. The second option is this. God, I thank you that you have given me an unbelievable supply of coffee for today, right? And this coffee is going to taste so good. I just thank you for coffee beans and the way they were roasted and a pot of coffee and warm water that's just available at moment's notice. And I can pour this in a mug and drink this while I think about tomorrow night and how well I'm going to sleep tomorrow night, right? So there's a way that you can take what's gone wrong. It's, it's not a deny. It's not like denying that things are just, you know, so, some things just didn't go how we planned it. It's not living in a place of ignorance. It's just saying, I'm not, I, I can't let my mind be captivated by those things. There's still a gift here waiting for me today, and I'm going to find it and talk about it. And maybe you didn't get enough done today, but you know what, God, I thank you that you order my steps and you are sovereign over my life, God, and you are at work in my life getting things done in me to conform me to the image of Christ and to bring me up into the likeness and the maturity of Jesus Christ in my life. So now I don't have to worry about what didn't get done today, God, because you are working on my behalf. God, I thank you for that. You know what I'm saying? Pay attention to how you're talking. And the last thing I want to do today, we're running out of time, but we're going to do it anyways. Um, we're going to sing. And I want to sing. I, I just would love for us to end today um, thanking God on a few different levels. I want you to thank God for what he's presently given and made available to you. Thank him for that in a genuine way. 
I also want you to thank him. If you're in a place of waiting and you're submitting prayers and petitions to him, thank him in those places too as you're waiting to hear back from him on certain things or waiting for provision or waiting uh, you know, for healing in certain ways. Thank him in those places. And then we're going to thank him for what's to come. And we're going to thank him for this next year. And we're going to thank him with our eyes on him, trusting that he's a good dad and, and, not, and not pretending like it's any other way. Either he's a good dad or he's not, right? So we're going to thank him for an unbelievable uh, rest of 2012 and a 2013 that's coming our way that will be a year of increased intimacy with him and a year of kingdom expansion and a year where the flame of God erupts in our lives and consumes everything around us for his glory, that his name would be known in this earth. That's what his intentions are for you. That is what he's doing, and we're going to thank him for it, Yeah? All right, let's stand together. Let's just start now. God, I thank you, Father. We thank you for your love in this place. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, that's been given to us. God, you didn't make us come to heaven. You looked at us and said, I love you so much. I'm giving myself to you. I'm coming down there. I'm coming your way. And today, today, God, this morning, God, let our hearts be overwhelmed with every gift that you pour out from heaven. God, that every good gift comes from your hand. And today, Lord God, overwhelm us with the thought that your love has chased us down and continues to chase us down. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this community. I thank you for who we're becoming. I thank you for what's ahead, God. I thank you for giving us keys to the kingdom. You're giving us wisdom and revelation. You're opening the eyes of our heart to see you, God. And I thank you that we're moving out from here, Lord God. We thank you for everything on the horizon, God, and that we will not stop here. We will keep going, Lord God, because of your love, because of your love, because of your love, God. We thank you, Jesus. Let's sing. You are